and welcome to Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. I'm Taylor Smurl. Well, sisters, welcome to another special, very special episode. <laughs> Thank you, Sid. Of Still Buffering. I always like to welcome you both <laughs> to this. To I, I brought you here it. today to discuss with you something very important. Uh, well, But first of all, before I tell you what it is, uh, we have a very special guest this week. We do. Yeah. So welcome, Dad. Father well, Thank you. Hello, daughters. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Dad. This, Hi, Dad. This is our dad who's here with us. I don't think we've given him a nickname on the show. No. I think he was Low Country Tom. Low Country oh, Tom. That's right. Mm-hmm. Low Country Tommy. That. Yes, my Low Country uh, enjoyment was broadcast <laughs> to all that listen. <laughs> Low country love. That's Low country true. love. That's true. I'm sorry about that. Usually when people join the show, they when people come guests on the show, they get to pick their own nicknames, but we kind of already gave you one <laughs> preemptively. So, But it fit in so well with like Scampy Mike. So, Skittles you know, Joe. And Skittles Joe. Low country Tom. Well, that's fine. I, I was one of those kind of guys that nicknames never stuck to. I mean, I, I had an assistant basketball coach in, in high school that tried to put a nickname on me, but it... And never stuck. What did he call you? He 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 said he he had to think hard to make one up. And mm-hmm. that nicknames are not good when you have to try to think something up. They should occur naturally. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you look at someone and it's just that's it. You know, hey, Flash. You know what? <laughs> Is that what you wish your nickname was? That's what Dad really wanted somebody to do was look at him and say, "Hey, Flash." Well, he he tried to call me Goose. And I was like, goose. Why goose? well, you got big old long arms and you look like a goose flapping around out there. <laughs> oh, no. But none of the other guys called me goose. So eventually he gave up. <laughs> well, that was probably for the best. So you didn't yeah. Have yeah. Have I, yeah, I was not campaigning for that as a nickname. Okay. I was going to say this predates Top Gun. So That's what not I was going to been... say. Wasn't that a character? Oh, that was well ahead of Top Gun. <laughs> a character based on Tom Smurl. Um, <laughs> and I thought you were called like a lot of nicknames that had to do with our last name. Snarl. Well, that, that's yeah. I don't know how that happened in the neighborhood. It's not like there was a bunch of other people with my name, but for some reason it was Smurl. Mm-hmm. And usually for some reason it had an H in it when other people said it. So it was more like Schmurl when they mm-hmm. said it. And, there's, and then when my younger brother was there, it was Big Schmurl and Little Schmurl. And that's, you know. Pretty much the way it was. I, I felt like that happened to me. I still have people who knew me before I got married who call me Smurl when yeah, they me see too. me. Yeah, Teachers or, have just called me Smurl, and that's what they call me. Mm-hmm. Or, and it's or funny Shmurl, because it's or, not a common name or it's not anything, you know, it's it's not easy to 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 say because most people have to ask, how do you spell that? Mm-hmm. I always have to spell it when I order a pizza or else it comes back Smith or Smile or something. Yeah. Smile would be a pretty cool last name, though. I've gotten a lot. Of, <laughs> I've gotten a lot of swirl and squirrel. Yeah. Squirrel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a an entire prescription at the eye doctor that was under the name Smell. <laughs> oh, that's that, should, that should have been the nose doctor. <laughs> oh, Dad! <laughs> now you can look forward to lots of jokes like this <laughs> on this episode. That you know, we've been missing some dad humor on this show. We've been missing yeah. some dad jokes. Um, well, Dad, whenever we have somebody on the show, before we kind of get started talking about what we're ever going to talk about this week, we like to ask you first, kind of a general question, so that we can our listeners can kind of put you in like the 
teen hierarchy, like where teen-iverse. you fit. Yeah, in the teeniverse. Um, how did you teen? I would have to say that I teened, my teen years revolved around sports. Um, from the time I was little, I grew up in a neighborhood where sports was everything that you did. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know any better. That's what I did. Whatever season it was, that's what sport I played. And and probably the only thing that kept me in high school and kept me making good grades was so I could play sports. And that was just whatever season it was, that's what sport I played. So that's that was the most important thing to me, and everything I did revolved around that. So would you have kind of defined yourself as like a jock, so to speak? I was a jock, yes, as far as playing sports, but not like the jocks in the movies where they're the guys <laughs> that play sports and get the girls. I wasn't like that. <laughs> I was involved with sports, and that was more important than anything else. And I was a little overly competitive. Yes. So mm-hmm. that... That has oh, shown in yeah. uh, some, of, some of us. So, And that's not an admirable quality when you go around and you're overly competitive and you are a bad loser and you're angry about things. And so I don't think that's something that appeals much to girls. So <laughs> I had that reputation. Or mo- most people, I think. Or just people in general. Yeah, men and women get a little concerned about that. There was a story that I remember, I don't know if you told me or mom told me, um, because I had it wrong for a long time. I think I had an exaggerated version where you got mad after, because you played several sports. Not just one. So I don't know what kind of game it was. And what I used to tell people when I was younger is that my dad got so mad, he went back to the locker room and ripped <laughs> ripped his sink out of the wall. <laughs> Which I'm fairly certain was wrong. I think it was a paper towel dispenser. That's correct. Okay. It, it was a basketball game. <laughs> when I was younger, somehow I got that mixed up in my head. And I used to be like, my dad used to be really into sports. And one time he ripped a sink out of the wall because he got so bad when he lost. Well, we, it was a very close game uh, against a, a team from from Kentucky. And the teams from Kentucky did not like losing to teams from West Virginia. So I stole the ball like in the last few seconds, went in and made a layup and like five seconds after I made the layup, then the referee called a foul on me back at half court. Oh. And so, of course, that enraged me. And I backed that referee down the court face to face, telling him I did not touch that other player. <laughs> that didn't go over too well. As soon as there was enough clearance between our chins, he got the whistle up and blew it and threw me out of the game. Oh, Dad. So uh, I went back to the locker room. And when I went back, I was so mad, I kicked the paper towel dispenser and it went flying off the wall okay so when the coach and the rest of the team came in after the game was over because i got removed before it was over so when the coach and the rest of the team came in um they said what happened to the paper towel rack and i said well i kicked it off the wall and i said and if uh, if you don't like it i'll rip out every sink in here too so <laughs> That's that where was it a came threat. Yeah, I, the sink didn't get torn out. I threatened to do that. So okay. the coach, you know, if I was the coach, I think I'd have gotten rid of me. But instead, he just said, "Okay, well, calm down." Well, and that story, and in, in general, what we've been talking about so far is a really great lead into what we were kind of going to talk about this week, which is sports, sports, sports. Yeah. <laughs> because you mean the album by Huey Lewis in the news. Yes, that was an album by that. Huey Lewis in the news. Sports, best album they ever put out. <laughs> I'll have to take your word for it. Another <laughs> another pro tip from Dad. 
Of, of all of us at the table, can we cede to dad authority on this subject? Like, yes. who, what is the best album by Huey Lewis in the news? I guess dad gets to pick that. <laughs> yeah. I sports. Will question your judgment. <laughs> sure. Sports. On this one thing. Uh, because, uh, you know, sports are, uh, for many teens, part of the teen experience. Not for everybody, certainly. Not everybody plays sports. But even if you didn't play them in school or in organized league, I think everybody at least has had some passing experience with kickball or, you know, hopscotch or something. You probably had hopscotch? to take gym class. Probably had to put, yeah. Hop, is hopscotch, hopscotch not a sport? Is that a sport? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> professional hopscotch. Yeah, <laughs> that would Charlie would love that. <laughs> you start working on her now, yeah. <laughs> she could be a professional hopscotcher someday in the Olympics. So, but I think uh, all of us have some some passing experience with it. Or even if you never played a role in any of it, if you never took part in any of it, part of the high school kind of experience has to do with like your sports teams and your feelings about them. And there are things like pep rallies, which I know at least for us were kind of mandatory. So whether or not you cared about sports, they kind of, you, they, they became part of your life. So is that fair to say? I agree. Cause I mean, I don't play sports right now, but I mean, every football season, it's like everyone's going to football games and talking about whether we won or lost at school and like, you know, championships Mm -hmm. and spirit week for the, for the championship game or whatever. That's like true. That. You don't think about things like that, things like Spirit Week where you're supposed to, like, care about. I mean, we say, like, you have school spirit, but you're really kind of, it's kind of school sport spirit. It's sport spirit. I mean, we can pretend that Football it's all spirit. about, like, all the clubs and activities for the school, but it's, I mean, it's mainly, like, sports and yeah. competitive things like that. Um, but it's like a whole week of costuming, <laughs> of creative costuming. <laughs> about sports that everybody participates in did you used to do spirit week was that is that a new thing i don't remember ever having anything like that (laughs) you didn't have pajama day and like twin day superhero day we didn't even have snow days (laughs) (laughs) is that because you had to walk back uphill both ways in the snow barefoot barefoot 10 miles of course you walk barefoot it was the times they were hard <laughs> Dad predates shoes. <laughs> well, you got your first pair of shoes when you turned well, eighteen. I, I, I heard you say on the music episode that we didn't even have vinyl. We banged out tunes on rocks. So you know, it was something like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> so there was no spirit weeks. So there were you had pep rallies. Uh, the only thing I remember when we played. There was the two main schools in town at the time. Now they're consolidated into one school, but there mm-hmm. were the two main schools in town, the city schools. And when they played each other, there was usually a pep rally that took place the day before the game. Mm-hmm. And all that meant was when it was over, you went over and egged the other school. So, <laughs> <laughs> Like both of you did? That's so much better than dressing yeah. up in stupid clothes. That's that's week. They, they would be driving towards our school to throw eggs and we'd be driving towards their school. So. <laughs> <You know. laughs> Did you? But neither of you st- thought to stop each other. Like instead of trying to stop the other people from egging your school, we never played defense, only <laughs> offense. <laughs> Did you guys ever do that thing? See, in Archie comics, sometimes they steal other schools' mascots. Which usually the joke is that it's an animal, and then they put it in Mister Weatherby's office. That's usually the joke that they end up with. Is like Mister Weatherby comes to school, he's the principal, and they're like, "Oh, there's a goat in my office." Is that a real thing? <laughs> Um, it may be somewhere, but um, we had uh, 
Highlanders, which there wasn't really a Highlander. Yeah, <laughs> you would have had, had to steal a human. That's yeah. kid- There's a name for that. It's kidnapping. <laughs> the Pony Express, which, you know, it, that know. was... Did know, they have a pony? horse? They, they just had a picture of a guy on a horse. <laughs> <laughs> That's really sad. That's not as exciting. And you had the pirates. The, you know, there was, uh-huh. and then you had the greyhounds, and and I don't never saw a dog at their show at their game. So I don't <laughs> they, had, know. they had a bus. <laughs> the only one, I, I, the college in town. Then you just cracked yourself up with that. <laughs> their mascot no, was they a didn't bus. have a bus. They had a school bus. That was all. <laughs> the, the college in town. Now they did have a live mascot for a while, which is a buffalo, and they would really? bring what? this live really? buffalo to the games. And one time, it got loose from its cage and ran out on the field. And everybody scattered, and it stopped to eat the grass. Only problem was they had AstroTurf, so it was not enjoying the <laughs> Is meal. Is this a real story? It's a real story. <laughs> Is this also from an Archie comic? <laughs> <laughs> That's a real story. Dad, did you grow up in an Archie comic? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> the buffalo got loose. <laughs> Aren't buffalo, like, endangered? Why were we allowed to have a buffalo? We have those. <laughs> I don't know, but we had a buffalo. We don't have one anymore, and it might have had to do with the AstroTurf eating incident. I don't know. Probably. Skip, yeah. Buzzy, and Jeff let it go. <laughs> your, your, your mythological friends, Skip, Buzzy, and Jeff. Dad, most of Dad's high school stories revolve around three guys and himself, um, and their names are Skip, Buzzy, and Jeff. And I, and I'm not alone in this opinion, do not believe that this is real. They do not exist. <laughs> There's three personalities in Dad's head. <laughs> Now, mom actually met Buzzy one time. So mom can vouch for the existence of Buzzy? Buzzy. Yes, she, she can Not vouch Skip for Buzzy. <laughs> Buzzy was a guy that was had the exact same birthday as me, born on the exact same day. Mm-hmm. But the guy looked like, now I, I was 16 at the time, he looked like he was 30. <laughs> so Buzzy lived a hard life. Was Buzzy Benjamin Button? <laughs> Buzzy has seen things. All I know is he could walk into walk into Pizza Hut and he could order beer. Of course, you only had to be eighteen. Pizza but Hut. but he looked like he was thirty, so nobody even thought they about it. They sold beer at Pizza Hut. Yeah, they did. They sold oh. beer at Pizza Hut. What's well, had to be eighteen so beer? Yeah, yeah, that was the drinking age then. I just need to know before we talk more about sports. Were Skip and Buzzy their given names? Was that like on his birth certificate? It's like Buzzy whatever. I think so. Fuzzy fake friend. No. His, <laughs> no, his Dad actual... didn't make up middle or last names for them. <laughs> <laughs> that was too hard. Buzzy's actual real name was Paul, now that I think oh, about okay. it. But okay. he, everybody knew him as Buzzy. If you just said Paul, nobody would know who you're talking about. <laughs> I play ball with guys up at the Y, and, and you know, you don't, we don't, somebody says their given name. Hey, did you hear Aaron got hurt? Who's Aaron? Oh, no, Aaron. Wow. Oh, Franklin. Oh, Franklin, I know. And that's because everybody knew him as Franklin Furnace because his T-shirt said Franklin Furnace. So everybody called him Franklin from then on. <laughs> really, really creative way of naming yeah. people. you got to be really careful what shirt you wear if that's, that's right. the case. <laughs> so, Dad, you played a lot of sports in high school. Not You weren't just like a one-sport kind of guy. Right. Football, ba- baseball, basketball, and track. Okay. Was that pretty oh, typical reason. for, like... Somebody who was just athletic to just play all the sports? For the most part, yes. I mean, you didn't have the uh, concentration on one sport, I think, that you have now. Um, And I I mean, that to me, that led back to our neighborhood. 
go home, you'd get home from school and everybody would be waiting at the football field if it was football season and you'd play football. And if it was baseball season, everybody was waiting at the baseball field. So, mm-hmm. you know, was, that was just what you did. So when the different sports rolled around, you went and tried out. And I was never great at any of them. I was usually good enough to be a starter, but I never excelled at any, any one of them. And that's kind of the difference that I see is that kids pick a sport and specialize in it and their parents send them to training camps and send them to special stuff and they work out and exercise mm-hmm. all based on one sport. So, Did you do a lot of like the, I remember even when I was younger and I, I kind of played several different sports, but I remember going to like the camps to try to get better. Now I had never had like private lessons. I know that you two did, right? I know you did, Riley. Yeah, I definitely well, had private lessons. Taylor, you did too, did, didn't you? Yeah. You had tennis lessons? I did some tennis lessons for a while, mm-hmm. yeah. And Dad took over as my coach. <laughs> yeah, Dad was also my coach for a while, too. <laughs> Dad was my coach, not so much in tennis. Well, I guess, no, I mean, he taught me how to play tennis. Yeah. So, yeah. One year, you just you you had to participate in a sport to get the top of the hill award that you were interested in. So you said, teach me tennis so I could play tennis. Is that why I did that? Yeah. Oh, I didn't remember that was why. I remember like out of the blue, I just played tennis for a year and that then never why. again. Yeah, you wanted to, you wanted to get the top of the hill award at your <laughs> at your middle school and you had to participate in a sport to do that and you didn't play any sport at the time. So I did. And so you that was your last year in middle school mm-hmm. and you made one of the doubles teams. And Taylor came along then the next year, which was her 7th grade year, mm-hmm. and she said, "I want to play tennis." And I said, well, all right. And at the time, in my thinking, Sydney, you were my athlete. Taylor was a little girly girl. She was the one I that always... sports. Yeah, but you always wanted to wear dresses around and never seemed that interested in it. So I thought... <laughs> Don't wear a dress. I'm wearing a dress. I am not interested in your ball games. She wanted to play with dollies and have tea parties, you know. That's not. And and then. I didn't think of when she was like like a toddler. (laughs) See, remember your hokey pokey dress? You never wanted to get out of the hokey pokey dress. When I was like two or three. Was that a nightgown or was it a slip? That may have been a slip that you wore all the time. No, it was a nightgown. It was was a a nightgown. nightgown. It had had moons and stars on it. It And she called it her hokey pokey dress. (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) Because you like to do the hokey pokey when you were wearing it. It was very very revealing things for the world to know, Dad. I think these were these were childish, uh, like the the, the age appropriate expressions of your artistic. I think this is what would later come out as your artistic side. <laughs> Early on, it was these. You did you had that hokey pokey dress. Remember, you used to collect those little glass animals. Uh-huh. Taylor yeah. had this whole. I had an actual glass menagerie. <laughs> she, <laughs> she did have a glass menagerie, and she would go to the the shopkeeper wherever that weird store at the mall where we bought glass animals. Coffee, tea, and thee, and they would give me the broken ones for free, yeah. usually, and I felt bad for the broken ones. You wanted ones the broken they ones. have a home. Yeah. Yeah, I collected the broken glass animals. You would, like, think you were going to nurse them back them. to health. They would grow a leg back or the broke off or something. I don't I don't think I had any plans for full recovery. I think I just wanted <laughs> them to be dependent on me. <laughs> you want to make their last days comfortable. <laughs> Legless lamb, you'll never leave me. Taylor was running a hospice for glass animals. (laughs) No, well, I could see where, with that in mind, I remember there was a point in time where you weren't so much into playing sports, and then all of a sudden you did. 
Yeah, that, you know, that, was, that was a point is I always thought of at the time mm-hmm. that Sydney was the athlete and Taylor wasn't that interested in it. And then she came up and I said, okay, well, you know, I taught Sydney to play. Why wouldn't I go ahead and teach Taylor to play? <laughs> and then Taylor took it and became an animal with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, she ended up being a, a state champion at, at number two singles for the her yeah. senior year, runner up her junior year and won it her senior year. And she was just... Uh, tennis on the court. I mean, diving for diving for balls and <laughs> running up to the net tennis. and slamming them over. Yeah, she made tennis a full contact sport. Well, I think I that, mean, far exceeded anything I ever imagined. You were much my, better than I ever was, that's for sure. But it was it was a large part due to Dad's help. I, I remember the one thing that he devised, which looking back, it was pretty evil. <laughs> it was that girls didn't like it when you were like aggressive and like dangerous. Uh, so so he would have no one would like rush the net. So he, yeah, his whole game for me was just run up to the net and just hit it as hard as you can at him. <laughs> <laughs> they all wanted to stand on the baseline and just hit it back over the net. Until someone mm-hmm. hit one out. Until someone hit one out or hit it You taught me the same thing. You taught me to run up to the net, slam it over, and try to hit someone. <laughs> and, and I don't know, I, I, and I, like we have already referenced, I played tennis for like literally a year. So this was not, I was not a huge tennis person. I liked other sports better. But... I, my perception is that that's not just true for women's tennis, men and women's tennis. Is I think that it has this kind of reputation as a more polite sport. <laughs> yeah, we threw that up. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that was it was very different. And it, I remember, too, and this was something I think we all had in common, that none of us ever wore any of the clothes they make for no, you to play tennis in. Yeah. Like, everyone always had, like, their uh, little matching, like fitted tank shirts and skirts and all their matching shoes like on my middle school tennis team and I wore like off gym shorts and tank tops yeah oh I just wore t-shirts like <laughs> tennis I mean I remember like playing tennis in like a Jimmy Buffett t-shirt yeah well when uh when we got to be uh my senior year myself in the the number one seat we were the captains and we got to choose the uniforms and she was kind of different too she wasn't like the she was not a girly girl not like a polite tennis player classic kind of so we picked tie-dye take her saying shorts. was when in doubt call it out oh yeah yeah, yeah. True. she was she was wicked your freshman picture and your senior picture are up on the wall at at our high school yeah. And it's like your freshman year, you're wearing the, the skirts, and then senior year, you're... Yeah, but white dresses are our freshman year, yeah. which is great for athletic activity. And then you're saying you guys got the tie-dyed. Yeah, well, we got, when it was our choice, we chose tie-dyed tank tops and shorts, and I, the rest I, of the girls probably hated us. No, they're really cool, and it's funny that you bring that up, because <laughs> I found the picture of you. Um, I have it. Uh, I was going through some old pictures just recently, and I found my picture of you, the wallet of you in your tennis uniform from that year. Um, and Charlie found it and she loves it. She's not sure who you are then because you look very different. You had red hair then for one thing. Yeah, I had like fake red, like bright red, bright red hair. And you're in that tie dyed outfit and she picked it up and she thought you were this cartoon character named Pinky Dinky Doo that she's a big fan of. So she went Pinky Dinky Doo and she won't, (laughs) she won't put the picture down. She had it up on her mirror on her, on her little dresser. Uh, this picture of you from your senior year you're in your tennis uniform. She keeps going, pinky dinky doo. That nickname should stick. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, Taylor would get out there and she she refused to wear the, the outfits the other girls would, would wear. She did not want to wear that. She'd mm-hmm. wear old raggedy sh- shirts and stuff like that. She, she didn't want to wear that. And the girls would be like, okay, are you ready to start? And Taylor would be like, serve the ball. <laughs> I would grunt. Like, nobody grunts in tennis. 
I did. It was, it was an application of, and this was across the board, because we all played different sports. I, I, and like I've mentioned, I played a few. But across them all, Dad had a similar kind of uh, theory about sports, <laughs> which uh, shouldn't apply to tennis, but I guess maybe you made it apply to tennis too, Tay, which was, if you can't win, draw blood. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he used to tell us that. And so that was always how I went at everything, like especially soccer. That made soccer especially brutal because, like, we didn't always win, but I wanted to make sure that if somebody was laying on the ground crying, it wasn't me. <laughs> well, see, that all goes back to my days as being a bad sport. <laughs> winning isn't out? everything, isn't it? Everything It's the only thing, you know. Or, unfortunately, <laughs> that was the way that I reacted to things, and that's not good. And it caused me a lot of difficulty in my younger days and took a long time for me to, to grow out of that. And, um, you know, it, then when I turn around and coach you all in things, I got to try to play that down and it, walk a fine line between play to have fun, mm-hmm. just learn the fundamentals, fundamentals, go out and have fun, or do I teach them to play at their best level? And if I am, am I doing it for them or am I doing it for me? And I, I don't want it. I didn't want to do it for me. Mm-hmm. If wanted, if you all want to excel, then I'll do everything I can to help you excel. But if you just want to go out and participate and have fun, then the level. And I always had to weigh on myself, am I pushing them too hard into something they don't want to do or am I helping them achieve what they want? And as a parent, that was that's really tough especially with my background, being sure. overly aggressive and overly competitive. I didn't want to bleed that off on you. And it's, I think God knew what he was doing when he gave me daughters, because if I'd have had sons, I would have had that kind of judgment <laughs> to not push them and been like, go out there, you got to win, you got to be number one. And I, I'm afraid I would have done that with sons. And I think that's why I had daughters, because that, that had to change my perspective and try to put it in line with a normal human being. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good thing. Um, I think that would be very hard. I have, you know, I have a, a daughter and I'm, of course, she's not playing sports yet. I'm not forcing her to do that. She's, you know, she's barely <laughs> at that point, but I can see where that would be hard wanting her to be her best, but not push yeah, her too it, hard and make her feel it's bad. It's a fine about line it. and kids can't always articulate what it is. Do you want to achieve? I just, I just want to go out and fun, have fun, dad. I don't want to beat the other guy on the ground. Oh, okay. Well, you, you're that kind of guy. Okay. <laughs> Which is hard because I don't know. And Taylor and Riley, you weigh in on your, your feeling on this. I, I know though, I was always very competitive. So I did want to have fun, but I wanted to win. And I had zero interest in playing something just so that I could say I did. Like I, if I was going to do it, I wanted to be the best at it. And that was not just true for sports, but everything I ever did. So like, I did want to win. It wasn't just about having fun for me. I could never get to that that kind of point. I don't know if you guys felt the same. Um, I know that when I started competing in tennis, because, I mean, I was never old enough when I was actually, like, doing it all the time to compete. But then when I got to middle school and I started competing, I know that I didn't really like it. I know that it was <laughs> like I'd go to tournaments, and I was on the doubles team, and I would get there, and it's like, there would even be times where you're competing for seeds on the team and I'd be playing against other girls on my team. And it's just like, I never did well when I was competing. I always did really well whenever I was just, you know, playing games that didn't mean anything. But I always remember dad would sit out there and like, I'd look over and I know I'd miss a shot that I missed. And dad would just put his head down in his hands. I mean like, Oh no, Oh no. What have I done? 
Yeah, but I was trying not to look at because she'd look at me, and that that was one thing that's hard as a parent when your kids look at you for approval in those things. Yeah, and like, and you don't want to give them a face that oh you screwed that up. You don't want to give them a face. Way to go! <laughs> Hit the tennis ball over the fence. Like whatever. So, so I just covered my face. It's like please don't look it. at me. I don't want to don't, do play your game. Leave me out of it. I just I don't know why I hated competing so much, but I hated competing. And I just wanted to like go to clinics and like play games that didn't like weren't for, for you know rankings or anything. Just go out and hit the ball. Yeah, just go. I was good whenever I didn't do that. I wasn't good when I competed. And I remember my favorite story is uh is when we were I was just competing for a higher spot on the tennis team and I was in seventh grade and the girl was playing against me was in sixth grade and I knew I was better than her and I knew I could beat her but I lost to her and I did really bad like I was playing really badly and I get in the car and I'm expecting dad to be like well you did your best you know like you can do no he gets on the phone with mom and she's like so how'd she do and he said well she did awful <laughs> Well, I didn't want you to think you played your best and lost. You played bad. That was why you lost. If you'd have played your best, you would have won. I'm trying to, I don't know that if that's better or not. And that positive spin. It's safe to say that was that was my last day on that team. I left team after that. I didn't come back. Now, Taylor, I know you wanted to. I remember. I think it's fair to say you wanted to win. Yeah, I was. You were you were aggressive. You were competitive. I I mean, and to a, to a fault, honestly. Looking back, I mean, I, it was. I was very competitive. I definitely wanted to win. Um, I had something to prove on the tennis court. Uh, but, you know, I, and even now, it, it's something that I struggle with, where if I know I can't be the best at something, it's, it's hard for me not to just give it up. Like, I, I'm really bad at sticking with things that I, I'm not going to win at. And I think that's why Dad, as my coach, was really good for me, because he, he I needed somebody to push me. Because if, you know, if, if there's any sort of pushback, it's like, you know, oh, forget this. I'm done. Like I can't win this, so I'm not doing this. And yeah, you know, that's that's to this day. It's like it's okay. You can be kind of good at something and be successful at it. You don't have to be the best. Exactly, especially if you enjoy it. That's something I keep reminding myself. If you're enjoying it, it's okay. It's, that's enough. When I look yeah. back now, though, when when Taylor would play, she never lost to the same person twice. If she lost to him. Once the next time she played them, she beat them, and it's because we would go home, and I would have analyzed the girl's weakness <laughs> and strengths. And I think about that now. <laughs> Telling her, "Here's how you can beat that nasty sixteen-year-old girl. <laughs> she does this well, so stay away from that. She doesn't know how to do this." And I think about that now. I think, man, that was pretty cutthroat. But I mean, I, <laughs> but Taylor would listen. She would take that strategy in and go out and do it. I remember some poor girl that she had like just a better forehand, better backhand. And if she could get set up for a shot, she could hit a winner. So the strategy that was devised, because I had a really good lob, was to hit a little short shot up in the net so she'd have to run up and then lob it over her head so she'd have to run back and just do that over and over and over and over and over again. Oh my gosh. And you did it and pounded it. And we did it. I won. It's like the art of war applied to tennis. I know. That's what I say. I would devise a strategy based on the opponent's weakness and strengths and Taylor would go out and execute it perfectly. Yeah, I didn't it wasn't it wasn't pretty but it worked. As we've as we've kind of uh, already alluded to, dad coached us all to some extent in a lot of different sports. Um I remember the first thing I think the first well no no the first thing you ever coached was probably my T ball team. Because we played T ball and something called five pitch, which was sort of like five you, pitch your own coach pitched and you got five pitches to try and hit the ball. Yeah. So 
that that was after T-ball because T-ball you hit it off the tee, then five mm-hmm. pitch. Your coach threw it to you as opposed to an opponent. And then uh, we, I what I I do remember really well was you coached you coached me in basketball in fifth grade. I remember that very well because I was not good at basketball. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know why I played basketball. I, I just wanted. <laughs> I remember wanting to. Like I don't remember anybody made me. I wanted to, but I was really bad at it. And there was a day we had a game, and then that night I think I was in a show. Right? I think I w- we were in theater at this point. So I think that I we had a production of something. It may have been The Wizard of Oz. Something, and my hair needed to be curly. <laughs> So I played the entire basketball game with my hair in curlers. I remember that. I remember that must be the most embarrassing moment of dad's life. Like my daughter's playing basketball and she's in curlers. It would have been like Tom Hanks. There's no curlers in basketball. (laughs) I did. That was never. (laughs) mm, Basketball was not my thing. I tried out in sixth grade and didn't make it. It was okay because then there were so many other sports. The thing I remember most about coaching girls basketball um, is girls don't like to have to touch each other. In in basketball, <laughs> you've got to body people out. You've got to get position on them. Yes, in fifth grade basketball, you have to body people out. <laughs> now that's right. You got to get position. I don't even know what that means, but that, that sounds so brutal. I think I think unfair gender generalization. And then I have a follow up. So boys <laughs> like to touch each other in basketball. <laughs> that's right. It's one of the benefits. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it's got to be okay to be physical is what I mean. Girls don't, maybe that's what I should say. Girls don't like to be physical in doing that. I think it's fair to say that it's probably true. There's a lot more, it's a lot more accepting even now in our culture, although I think things are shifting where anybody can kind of be comfortable with whatever. But I think it is true that there's still this sort of acceptance that boys are going to be more physical more that, aggressive. And, yeah, and that mm-hmm. girls are not. And I think that as you go further back, you find there's a lot more clear, like, well, I'm not supposed to be mean or, or tough or knock people down or anything because I'm a girl. And now we, we're we seeing that slowly go away. But that's, that's still there. That stigma is still there, that girls should be less aggressive and it's okay for boys to be more. Not nah, girls. You body people out when you want to. Exactly. Okay. Even even to this day, you body them out at that, to that donut. <laughs> There's one left and you want it. Hip check left and right. <laughs> do you think do you think that that's going away now, Riley? Do you think like I know you don't play more contact sports like that, like basketball or, or soccer was the one for me mm-hmm. that I Soccer got pretty bloody back in I mean even when I was a teenager, soccer was rough. Um m- boys girls both, but do you think that that is going away, that you see, like, your friends who are girls who play sports are just as aggressive? No, they get really into it. I mean, the one, the ones, I've only played one sport ever. I mean, I played soccer when I was five, mm-hmm. but I mean, I would, when I was on a doubles team, like not competing, but playing a game, the two of us were trying to do something. I would just, you're not going to get it. Okay. I'll get it. I'll run in front of you and I'll take all of the shots, like getting aggressive and getting into it. And I mean, even hurting myself, but I mean, other people like playing soccer, all the girls I know, like friends I have to play soccer, they like elbow people out of the way and fall on top of each other to try to make it so another person can get the shot. I mean, it gets really aggressive. And there's not that kind of stigma that like girls are supposed to be more delicate anymore. No. I don't think. Because no. I think that's one of the things that's evolved. I think you mm-hmm. hit hit on that is there weren't the sports opportunities for girls you didn't have a girls' soccer team and stuff like that. I think I remember a girls' basketball team mm-hmm. when I was in high school, but you know they didn't have softball teams. They didn't have uh, girls' soccer. 
They didn't have a lot of those things. Um, I'm not even sure if they had a girls' tennis team. Really? Um, so I don't think they had the opportunities, and it may have been some of that you know, old-style mentality that girls aren't supposed to be aggressive and do those kind of things. That has mm-hmm. changed since Title IX. That's what I was going to say. Did that predate Title IX, probably? I, yes, I'd yeah. say so. Okay. And then Title IX, it opened the door for more of those opportunities. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, I think that that all plays into it there because you've got to have those those sports at all levels on, on an equal basis. Sure, because if your only opportunities for women to participate in extracurricular activities are non-contact things like mm-hmm. our clubs or, you know, choir or band or whatever, and you don't allow them the opportunity to play sports, you're, you're kind of sending the message, this isn't for you. Yeah. Well, I know yeah. when you all got to age to play softball, that was a, a whole new concept to me because they did not have girls softball when I was growing up. It was There was Little League. There were places where girls would decide they wanted to play Little League with the boys, and it's like, are they going to let the girls play? And, of course, a lot of the excuse was, oh, it's too dangerous for girls to play that with boys and things like that. But eventually oh they started having to let girls play, and then eventually then they came up with their own league for girls. But I, I think that's evolved into something that, that makes it. And, you know, you don't have the same, you know, I mean, you're talking about the 60s and, and stuff like that. And there were different norms, 60s and 70s, as far as what was expected out of women and men. Most most of the time you just had the, the one parent working, you know, and nowadays you have two parents working. And, that you know, I think all that, plays in together that there's everybody's an equal mm-hmm. no that's a very true and a good thing um uh, you mentioned softball and that so dad coached us all in softball well not riley no. you didn't play softball dad coached taylor and i in softball <laughs> um <laughs> many years i feel like i think i played as long as you did i think i stopped yeah. after you left the team said that that led to a lot of fun <laughs> things <laughs> Um, dad would get very involved in the games and he, I mean, I think it's okay. Like he just doesn't tolerate injustice. (laughs) If he feels nine year olds playing. (laughs) Those games had so much pressure on them that for me, they they were so hard. I was so glad and relieved. She didn't want to play softball. Yeah. I played all the sports. I just kind of started one sport and that's the sport I played, which, which I want you to tell me more about in a minute. Um, if that's more the norm now, mm-hmm. um, because I, I, that's that's the feeling I get is that the days of like Taylor and I kind of dabbling in various sports and everything are kind of going by. When you when Dad did coach us in softball one time in particular, because he used to argue with the umpires fairly regularly. Only if I was right. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember once uh, that I don't remember why Dad got thrown out of the game, and I was angry. At this, uh, because when they when the umpire ejected him from the game, and it's always very dramatic. Like when umpires and referees can never just say like, "Okay, you're you're we're gonna have to remove you." It always has to be like hand gesticulations and like, "You're out of here, Mister. Get out. Somebody get him out." I mean, like it always. Oh, you know they live for that minute. <laughs> Call security. That. Remove him. You know, it's always like a big thing, and like they have to give the big thumb, like like out, like the you know. Like, they're calling you out in baseball. Like, hey, you're out of here. And I remember they did that. And then the other dugout erupted in cheers because our coach was getting thrown out of the game. And so I took off across the field. I don't know what my plan was to take on the entire other dugout (laughs) and fight them all. That's right. She was standing up for me. You all shut up. That's my dad. 
I'll take you I all. I did. I was yelling and crying, and I got dragged back to my dugout by my teammates. And and then Dad went and put on, Ooh. he had this big, it was like a duster coat and hat. You're at La Jersey Wales coat. Yes, it was. Dad, I mean, ain't much of a living boy. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> he had his outlaw Josie Wales costume in the, in the car. And he Always went, ready to go. And put it you on. You never know when you're going to need it. And then hid like on the hill back behind the field so that he could still watch the game. And also because I didn't have another ride home. But to watch the game. And shout instructions from the outfield. Dad also yeah. got kicked out of one of my soccer games. Um I was, he wasn't the coach. <laughs> no, that was a. Uh, I think he got kicked out of the entire city that the soccer game happened. I was just a fan at that. Now both of those were not. <laughs> neither one of those were my fault. Fan. Now the softball that was as simple as this: they called our batter out for stepping out of the batter's box when they hit, which is a legitimate call. If you step out of the batter's box and make contact with the ball, you are out. However, I just came out and made the point. How can you call them stepping out of the batter's box when there's no batter box? They had failed to draw the batter's box prior to the game, and there was no batter's box. So I said, That's how can you call point. them out of the batter's box when there's no batter's box? So they threw me up for that. Oh, I, it wasn't so, just that, Dad. Was it just that? That was it. That was it. I know I'm guilty of much more. <laughs> Did you call him a knothead? Because that's what happened in Winfield no, that in my was soccer Winfield. game. <laughs> that, that, was, that really lowered my thoughts on soccer after that. As a fan, I'm sitting up there, and the, and the referee made a call the, uh, for the other team. It was a hard-fought game. You all were battling back and forth. Mm-hmm. a hard-fought game. And they called some kind of foul of some type. I don't even know soccer. I don't know how They yellow-carded a girl on my team. Yeah, yeah, and I said, call them both ways, you knothead. I'm a fan. I should have the right to say knothead. That's not even <laughs> He really bad. did say knothead. That's not censored for this show. He <laughs> no, said that's, knothead. That's what I said. And the referee turned around and said, you're out of here. And I looked around both ways. I thought, who's he talking to? <laughs> he threw me but, out. But then but then what followed was Dad threatening to come find him and kick his butt later. <laughs> That's true. I did tell him I'd track him down and make so, him pay. So we got a letter that said Dad was no longer welcome in the city of Winfield. <laughs> as long as I didn't come to the city of Dad, Winfield, they ever, wouldn't press charges. Have you ever gone back to the city of Winfield? I go by that exit on 64. I never take it. Never take it. I'm not no. sure if what the statute of limitations runs no, out. Waiting for him. As soon as you take that exit, the cops just descend upon you. When I cross the city line, they, there he is. He matches the description. Now, Riley, today, because we've talked a lot about kind of in high school and in like like I kind of mentioned in the beginning, sports are are part of the whole thing. There there are people who are kind of at least even I think when Taylor and I were in school were like defined by their participation in sports. It was a thing like, do you have school spirit or not? <laughs> Are you, do you love our athletics or don't you? Cause we have spirit. How about you? Exactly. It was like a big thing. And like not wanting to go to a pep rally or not going to the football games. I remember even then, you know, in the, in the nineties was like, well, what's wrong with you? Why do you, why do you hate our football team? Like it was a thing. Is our sports still that important? To the teen experience? Um, I don't think the people really care at my school at least care about the sport. Like they don't care about whether whether we win or lose. Like they don't watch the game when they go to the games or like they don't really know who's on the team. I mean they know the popular people that are on the team, but there are probably people on the team that aren't popular, but they just don't know because they're not popular. So it's kinda like you have <laughs> to be you have to be popular and you have to be playing the sport, people know who you are. But people don't really care about like how we played or like who plays what? I mean, they're on the team. We won the game. We lost the game. That's kind of it. Is it still the most imp- I would say that it was even then 
and Taylor, I don't know if you would agree, it was considered like in the hierarchy of things you could do in high school, like the most important thing would be like if you're in a, well, if you were, yeah, go like be in a sport, go to the football game, like be a part of that. Like that trumped like my show choir performances this Saturday or, you know, the, I'm in the theater department and we're putting on a show or like our speech and debate team has something to do or like, you know, like art, like I'm going to, you know, I'm I'm doing it. We're going to have an art (laughs) show, whatever (laughs) we're arting, you know, or or certainly things like I just joined the Spanish club or the science club. I don't know. There wasn't a science. Mu Alpha Theta has a great event. If all those things, if we were to put them in like a ladder, sports was probably sports still on top. top. And not even all sports. I mean, at least in my school, the only one anyone cares about really is basketball and football. Mostly football. But that's yeah. still the case? Yeah. Like of all those things? Yeah, definitely. Because, Dad, I mean, you would say that was probably the case. Yeah, basketball and football were the dominant sports. That's true. People in the community were invested in it. It wasn't just like the people who played it. Right. The school revolved around that. I'm amazed how like the... Uh, the two main high schools around here are like rivals or whatever. And um, like every year when we play each other, people who adults like dad's age, you're all's age, come to watch the game. They don't even have kids that are in it or like kids that go to school there. They just come to watch the game because it's like, yeah, my high school versus, you know, that was our rival back in the day. We got to go watch this game. Like what? Why is that such a big thing? It's a high school football game. Like we have a college, like, you know, here, and mm-hmm. we go and watch the college football games, but, I mean, that's different. That's college. Yeah. This is high school football games. I can't see going back to... I, I, I know what you're saying, though, because I see some of my Facebook friends that I graduated with who are talking about when those games happen, like they went to them or, like, cheering on, I mean, and I'm like... like and I know they don't kids. have... No, they're yeah. not taking their kids, so they're just going. Yeah. Like, as grown-ups going to watch kids play a sport that they have no involvement with. Sometimes it depends on the area, like... Um, here in town, we have a, a local university that plays Division One level sports. So mm-hmm. that's what a lot of the community goes and supports as opposed to the individual high schools. There are people that go to those too. But like when I lived uh, for a year at Martinsburg, mm-hmm. the high school was the biggest sports in that area. And everybody in the community came out to the games on a regular basis. I mean, whether really? you had kids in school or not, the community supported the high school and came out and watched it. So, you know, with... It, maybe if the university, if a university had been there, that would have been what they did. But not having that, that supplied the entertainment. And I mean, basketball games were the same way. I remember our gym being absolutely packed with people, and a lot of them were just people that wanted to come watch the game. They had no huh. connection to it. Well, then I guess that's something that hasn't really changed based on what you say, yeah. Riley. I wonder if that's more region specific too. Maybe. I mean, we're in such a small town. I mean, it's like. I wonder, and I'm sure I'm sure some uh, listeners will inform us, but it's if, if this is kind of an American thing, or if this like uh, in other countries, if there's that much focus. I mean, I feel like those are our sports, like basketball and and football. Yeah, I would have like, to imagine the, this is an American thing. Yeah, like that's kind of you know for American teams, like the the um, that that sort of myth has been propagated through entertainment and TV, and and that's sort of something we all kind of continue to uh, to embrace. Yeah, that that would be interesting to know if that is, especially when we're talking about in a school, if it is still, because that, you know, from what you've said, Riley, it's still that perception that, like, if you want to be doing the thing that is the most important to the school and to the community and most, like, 
exemplifies what they stand for, play a sport. Well, and those sports in particular. I don't, it was yeah. like, no one really cared about the tennis team, what we did. We had fun, but like, you know, whether we won or lost, it was like, oh, you got a tennis match? That's great. You know, while you, you were recognized if you were an outstanding football player or basketball player or something like that, it wasn't to the degree that it is now. Now you see, like, even at high school level athletes, that they're, they travel by a different set of rules than the rest of the high school kids. They make exceptions for them, you know, uh, and, it, and it's not right. Mm-hmm. Just because you might excel at a sport doesn't mean that you're any better than the other kids that are there that don't do sports. And mm-hmm. you, don't have, you didn't have that kind of adulation back like when I was a kid. Hmm. that I see now this this adulation that the, the kids are getting for scholarships when they're in middle school and stuff like that. And they're they're given a different set of rules to play by than the rest of us. And I think down the road that hurts them because there should be more emphasis on becoming a good person than a good athlete. And, and I see those kids suffering for it because sure. a lot of them don't all pan out. You might be great as a seventh grader, and by the time you get to college, you don't pan out. Then what have you got? And you're exactly right. That's a crazy thing to bet on. Like the, the idea that we're going, we already assuming that you're going to be a professional athlete. How many people get that opportunity? Or you that know. you're still going to like it that much. I yeah. mean, I was really, really into playing tennis every single day. Now I don't anymore. I mean, if you start when you're in middle school, then maybe you have that 10 year span when it's like middle school, high school, college. But if you start when you're five, then it's, I mean, you're burnt out on it by the time you're in high school. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there are also a lot of things, you know, athletics are good. A lot of the things we've talked about are good qualities. Like, I think we all want to work really hard at something mm-hmm. to be tenacious, to not give up, to want to strive for, you know, success and to be the best, which is a double-edged sword, but in some ways, you know, is beneficial to, to want to always perform your best. Those are qualities that help you in lots of fields. You don't, you know, just because you're a really good athlete, and I mean, you can take all those skills and apply them to something else in life and be super successful. We don't need to pigeonhole people into, oh, since you can do all that, you should play basketball for the rest of your life or you should play football for the rest of your life. I, I find the ability to pinpoint my enemy's weaknesses and slowly wear them down over time to be incredibly useful <laughs> in my daily life. And sometimes that does help. <laughs> I, I actually, although I have let go of if you can't win, draw blood credo in my life, that would be very contradictory to what I do now. <laughs> I'm done, unless you have to. Yeah, so I, so I, I abandoned that principle. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's like um, you talk about the teamwork part of it, and that's, that's something you learn, the teamwork and to compete together. Sports isn't the only way that you can accomplish that. I mean, when I was in high school, I saw like the theater department doing shows. And I always had like a passing interest in that, that I'd like to get involved. But your rehearsals were right after school, the same as practice. Mm-hmm. And there was no way I was not going to play basketball, football, baseball, or whatever, and go do theater. Sure. I mean, that just never, never even occurred to me that that was an equal trade-off. As I got older, and you, you three were involved in theater, um, then I started doing things backstage and helping and then eventually on stage with you all. And what I found there is there is as much teamwork and support for each other as there is in any competitive sport that you play. And that was a real lesson to me to see that, that people think that's the only place you get that. Go do theater. I mean, it depends on everybody on stage doing what they're supposed to do, whether you're 
you know, the stage crew or whether you're on stage or you're in an orchestra or lights, you know, whatever it is, you can really learn the same lessons there. I think in some ways it's even more so because, I mean, when you're on a sports team where you're not all playing at the same time, and even sometimes when you're playing at the same time, you're kind of trying to beat the other people on your team so that you're higher up on the team or like, so you're number one seed or you're, you know, the top doubles team. You're trying to beat everyone. And I mean, when you're in a cast, it's like you're all trying to work together for the same thing. You're not all trying to beat each other to get something better. Than That's a other. great point. Cause it, you, yeah. Yeah. Cause every, every, you need, you want everyone to be doing their best. Yeah. Cause I mean, you don't want to go up on stage and know your stuff knowing you haven't helped anyone else or like taught anyone else anything or like help someone memorize their lines because then you go up there and you know what you're doing, but no one else does and you don't look good compared to everyone else. So I owe you all a that. debt of gratitude for gra- for dra- dragging <laughs> me into that because that's something I never would have done in my older years. And at the well, age of 40, you all dragged me out on the stage to go do those things. Well, um, this has been a lot of fun as usual, sisters and dad Yeah. this week. Thank you. Thank you all for joining me, us. <laughs> Did you need me to tell a dad joke before we go? Go for oh, it. Do it. It sounds like you Do want it. to. Go ahead. All right. A mushroom walks into a bar, <laughs> and the bartender says, hey, get out of here. We don't serve your kind. And the mushroom says, why not? I'm a fun guy. He's <laughs> my favorite one. That was, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're really going to hit a, a whole new demographic we haven't been able to pick up on the show, dads. which is dads. <laughs> it's dads either, who like dad jokes. Hey, it's, either cool dad dads. Jokes. it's either dad jokes or guess who died this week. So. Yeah, that's true. That's the other game Dad plays with Every us. Every day, Dad gets home from work after I get home from school or, like, taking me to school. He's like, you know what I read about the other day? And at first, I'm like, oh, it must be something interesting. It must be something happy. Now I've just learned who died. Who died? <laughs> oh, <laughs> and it's <laughs> always the same if he ever says, hey, do you remember so-and-so? The end is always going to be they died. They died. <laughs> always <laughs> the end of that story. <laughs> it's never anything else. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Well, (laughs) thank you at home for listening to our show. Thank you so much for all your support. Thank you for those of you who join our Facebook group. If you're not a member, please come join. There are so many different like splinter groups now. I don't even know how many there are. You have to go to like still buffering on Facebook, go join the group and then you can find them. There are book clubs and there are video game interest groups and movie clubs and pen pals. And there's a craft club that I saw. That's a craft club. Yeah. There we go. I I think there's a D and D club. There's so many different clubs. Um, So check out Still Buffering on Facebook. You can tweet at us at Still Buff. Um, And hey, next time you hear us, won't we be live? Next time you hear us, we'll be live from from New York City. New York City. Yes, with me. That's insane. Right. That's crazy. So, So, um, but we from New York. It's Saturday night. (laughs) It will be Saturday. night. Yeah. (laughs) So we're just yeah we're gonna steal that. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Uh, if you if you do take the time to email us, please, you know, we love your suggestions, comments, thoughts, whatever. Uh, still buffering at MaximumFun.org. And if you have a second, um, you can always uh, review our show on iTunes as well. Still buffering. Yeah. Um, so thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Your Mind. And thank you uh, to Maximum Fun, our network of shows that supports us yes. and that we are happy to be a part of. This has been Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And I'm their dad. I am a teenager. <laughs> and I was too.
Hi, I'm Lisa Hannawalt. And I'm Emily Heller. And if you're not listening to our podcast, Baby Geniuses, you're missing out on stuff like... Camille Nanjiani solving the Zodiac murders. Uh, who's like... Would you ever go to a friend and you're like, Hey, could you lick all these, lick all these <laughs> envelopes for me? You'd be like, you're a serial killer. <laughs> I'm, definitely, I'm leaving right now. Guy Branham talking about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, and it was, it was just a great moment of like, Oh no, I'm here, boys. Like, I'm on this side of the bench... Megan Amram talking about intimidating baristas. Just feel like they're always in character. Like, they're always in character as, like, cool hipster girl. Uh And I just want to break through that barrier. Plus, every week we explore a new Wikipedia page and talk to a crazy expert in the field of nonsense. Well, any any hack can make you not have a boner i mean that's it's about how you do it right and we're the only podcast with regular updates about martha stewart's pony or your money back we're not going to give them their money back are we Mm, no let's keep it yeah listen to our show every other monday on maximum fun yay Yay. maximumfun.org comedy and culture artist owned listener supported